Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Homemade Ops. Happy Wednesday. We have a really great topic for you today, which is fear buying. Ooh, <laughs> it'll be a lot of fun and join us. All right, everybody, we're gonna start. We have a little treat for you. It's a couple, couple deals. So this one is actually a free thing that I found this week. And it kind of ties in a little bit with our topic today. So as you guys know, we have our baby coming later this fall. So we got a lot of that on our mind. Um, and I actually found a lot of times if you take a class about childbirth, I'm like, I'm supposed to take a class, I guess. I, I should do one of these. But they're all like 60 bucks. Hospitals offer them, but you have to pay for them. Uh, it's kind of a pain. So I actually found on YouTube is a, it's called, if you search TMC birthing class, it's Tucson Medical Center, I think it's for. So a hospital down in Arizona, they actually recorded their all day birthing class, like six hours of videos. So I put it on in the background and uh, it was actually really great. It was, or it was, I thought it was a useful class. It's probably similar to anything you get at your hospital. And right now, the main reason too is most of the classes are canceled with the virus going on. They're, like our hospital wasn't offering one. Uh, I think they maybe had it online, but you had to pay. So it's nice to have a free resource. One of the tricky things that we've been trying to find as a married couple preparing for a baby <laughs> is finding a good course. Because just like Kimberly said, everything is now online. You can't, uh, every, COVID, you can't go to a go to a session or any class or anything like that. So we've been looking for just a good class online. And a lot of them cost a lot of money, like 40, 50, 60 bucks for a session. Well, this one just turned out to be good. And one of our biggest complaints about trainings is people just kind of give information and never really put it into context. But this one does. This one is really good. It's six hours long. So it is, comp there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff in it, very comprehensive. But they really go through a lot of details of what to expect, how to prepare. And that's what we like. Yeah, and personally, if you don't have a lot of time, I like to video too the best. It really just walks through like the whole process of labor, which is pretty helpful. So check that out. And let's talk about a little bit of our topic today, which is fear buying, which is related to um, sort of our couple, couple deals, because there's certain events in life, there's a lot of what we call fear buying around. So this is, this is a topic that is actually very... Uh, very fun to talk about because we all fall victim of it. It's like, so fear buying is a tactic that marketers and other people will use in order to get you to make purchases. Now it is a little bit more lazy than actually convincing you that they, you need a product because making a marketing strategy that is, uh, that is going to convince you that you should have something is much harder because you're trying to change somebody's perspective on a particular topic. Well, that's not exactly how fear buying is. Fear buying is more, hey, you need this You need this item, otherwise you're going to die. <laughs> Bad things will happen. And they'll say things, like there's some very famous examples that actually were have worked to some degree were like the D.A.R.E. programs, like the smoking ones, where they show somebody smoking, they show the results of them, and you see that and you're like, ooh, I'm freaked out, I don't think I ever wanna smoke again, <laughs> that kind of thing. So you see this all the time, but you see this stuff with weddings. You see this stuff with having a baby. You see this all, this strategy used everywhere. And a big example actually is, uh, like investors love this. So Kevin O'Leary, okay, we love Kevin actually. He's <laughs> a, yeah, we, we got into a Shark Tank kick. If you haven't seen that or you don't know where he's from, he's one of the investors on the show called Shark Tank where these 
famous investors such as Mark Cuban, um, people you've probably heard of, they hear pitches for products and uh, they decide if they want to invest or not. Exactly. So Shark Tank, great show. Watch it if you want some good fun. Now we got in a big Shark Tank kick, like what was it? Back in Arizona. So like, uh, so 2016 to 2017 is when we really started watching a lot of it. Haven't watched as much of it since, but we, uh, we should start watching those again. They're a lot of fun. But something that was mentioned that really kind of stuck with us was Kevin O'Leary. He was, or Mr. Wonderful. He was talking about investing in wedding businesses. And he said something interesting. He said he loves investing in wedding businesses. And the reason why is because people don't think when they purchase for weddings. So think about it. When you easily, easily you can have a wedding get into the tens of thousands of dollars for things that you'll never use again. A wedding dress, a, a cake, a huge cake, uh, a huge venue, a, a, the celebration, all of this stuff. People and people are willing to do it because they don't want to. They don't think about do I actually need this. It's more about the event. So it's a very very interesting topic. So he mentioned on the show that he loved them for that particular reason because people will spend extra money for the same stuff that you can get in a normal day to day situation for much cheaper. Okay, so the biggest examples of fear buying in my mind are going to be babies and weddings, mainly because, number one, they both involve massive life changes with a lot of conflicting emotions. There's a lot of fear and excitement and worry and happiness all kind of up and down, and emotions can change daily. And a lot of times they accompany other life changes, like maybe you quit your job when you have your baby or you get move when you get married, different things like that. And it can lead to uh, late night online shopping binges. <laughs> I've had that where you're like, oh my gosh, wait, am I going to be prepared? It's this fear of like, am I going to be prepared? Um, and they both involve a lot of uncertainty because usually, especially when you get married or especially with your first baby, usually around your second or third, I imagine it's a lot easier, but you just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And you think, well, I need this. Is it going to be one in the morning and I'm going to have a crying baby and I'm going to be so sad I didn't have this product? Or am I going to look back at my wedding pictures 20 years from now and regret that I didn't get these one shoes? So you can have a lot of uncertainty there. And they both involve a lot of fear. Um, will I regret not getting this? Will I suffer, have frustration if I don't get this? And one too is, am I a bad person if I don't get this? I see that a lot. I And uh, we brought this topic too because we're going through this a lot, right? I'm trying to build out our baby registry and I think, am I going to need this? And you try and imagine what your life's going to be like. And it's really hard to because your life's never been like that before. The, the trick with this or the feeling that these marketers use is the feeling of regret. And that's the trick there. They're thinking, hey, if you don't get this, are you going to regret it later? And so that's one of the big tickets there. So Kimberly was talking about like with babies, for example, it's, oh, I got the sippy cup that doesn't spill over. Well, I got to have this other one too. And they trick you. They say, hey, you got to have this other cup too that doesn't spill over, but it's round because the kid will like it better because it's more enjoyable. So then you're thinking, well, I, got, I have to have that one too, right? <laughs> or like studies have shown that if you give yeah. your baby this certain cup, they will be 1% smarter when they go to kindergarten or something. You know, it's just things 
isn't. And as a parent, you're trying to be the best parent you can or, and it's really hard. Like you'll see Amazon reviews like, I didn't sleep for weeks and my daughter cried nonstop until I bought this product. Now my life is like rainbows and butterflies. My child's an angel. I almost gave up on being a mother until I had this product, you know, or, or, you know, I will endanger my child's life or their future of ever going to college unless I buy this book or this one product that's only $29.99. And yet you have a lot of- One-time payment. (laughs) No, it's, it happens all the time, especially with school. So think about event purchases. So when it comes to these like fear purchasing, it's not just fear too. It's even like fun purchases where you're going to do stuff, right? It's, uh, so just think of event purchases, not standard day-to-day purchases, upkeeping with the home. Anytime you have a particular event, like going back to school stuff, sometimes you can get good deals, but one of the biggest marketing tricks out there is like Kohl's does this all the time where they say, Hey, I'm going to give you a 50% off coupon because it's the back to back to school sales. And what they do, they do this psychologically. It's really tricky. So you think, Oh, I'm getting a really good deal. Awesome. Well, then you get to the store. That is the trick. Their trick is to get you to the store because then psych, uh, psychology then kicks in. They have designed the stores and other things there to get you to take a look at it. And you're just like, well, I'm here. I don't think I'm going to be here for another month or two. Maybe I should just get the stuff while I'm here. And then you start buying extra. You start, you start buying extra items and things that you definitely didn't need, but now you're starting to get those particular items. So that way you're now just compulsive purchasing. And that is what we're trying to prevent. Last episode that Kimberly was talking about, she was discussing mini budgets. Well, mini budgets can help you avoid these particular items so you don't fall into that trap. And like he said, you want to, they prey on regret. And and it's not always malicious. We're not saying like everybody tries to get you to buy things for your life is malicious. But even uh, like you'd mentioned, Todd, with that regret, maybe with a vacation, like, because when maybe you're traveling to a new area, you don't know what can I eat here? What is there to do here? If I don't maybe do this one experience, am I going to regret I didn't do that on my trip? That fear of regret can drive a lot of buying. Um, another thing that can drive a lot of fear buying is with certain events like having a baby, having a wedding, or even if you're gifted something or you're going on a vacation or something like that. Usually it involves other people spending money on your behalf. Maybe you'll make a registry for an event. Or with a wedding, a lot of times families pitch in to help pay for weddings or at least pay for some of it or things like that. And usually people are more willing to spend money because, oh, it's a one-time thing. Like, have you ever been asked to buy kind of an ugly bridesmaid's dress and you're like, well, I just have to do it because it's their wedding. I just have to go maybe travel and spend my whole day and do all these different things because it's their wedding. People are a little bit more flexible on their spending, not looking so much for purchasing deals, but really looking to prevent any disasters that will cause them regret. And they also, a lot of times, events like that have fear buying, they involve a lot of social pressure. So there's a lot of opinions for pe- from people. There's a lot of input from different people. You can especially see this with weddings. Everyone kind of has an opinion on what they want, what they want seen, and everyone's pretty emotionally involved in the event. So it can become a little bit difficult to navigate around those social pressures. And I also think fear buying, lastly, has a feeling of finality. Like you only get married once or once that baby's here, you won't have any time or money to 
to spend on, you know, buying new things. You got to get prepared now. Once the baby comes, you'll be super tired and busy. So sometimes you get that feeling of, or I, I'm only going on this vacation once. We're only going to travel here once. Or if we come here again, it'll be years from now. So a feeling of finality can drive a lot of fear buying too. And so here's a, here's a very good point that Kimberly's bringing up too, that you want to be very cautious about. That is, uh, or it's something that you want to avoid. This feeling of regret, like, oh, is it ever going to be enough? There is never a point where it's ever going to be enough. Cause you, cause you can't buy the world. Do you know what would be then? What, do you know what would be enough? Buying the world, having your own island. You know, maybe that's enough. <laughs> but if you start falling subject to these strategies, then what's going to happen is nothing will be enough. It's that keeping up with the Jones mentality on a minute level. It starts to grow from there. It's, oh, well, uh, I saw so-and-so's wedding and they had, they had a glass ice structure of a swan. Now, unless I have that, I, I'm not going to be happy. And that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about. Now, I'm not saying that stuff is bad. If you want to have one of those, go for it. If, If that's something that makes you happy, go for it. We're just trying to say, be careful and try to try to, if you're trying to live on a budget, if you're trying to save money for whatever purchases you're doing, especially when it comes to events, try to not fall subject to these strategies and cut out the fluff so you'll be okay. Now, we do have some tips and tricks that we'll talk about how to combat this, but we at least want you to identify it and be able to recognize it when it's happening to you. Yeah, it's just the idea of you can have a beautiful wedding and you want to be prepared for your baby. You don't want to have it show up and you've got no diapers or anything. You need things and you want to have a beautiful wedding. You want to have a great vacation, but it's just not spending money on things that aren't important to you. Spending money out of fear rather than, yeah, I really love that wedding dress. That's what I want to buy. You know, rather than, oh, maybe if I don't get this really designer wedding dress, I'm going to regret it, even if you like another one better. So let's talk about some strategies to combat this, right? Let's talk about some things we can do. It's not all bad news. You don't have to always give in to fear buying. So I think the first step is to recognize that your purchasing or registering or whatever you're doing is coming out of place of fear. If it is, just acknowledging that and identifying that in your life will help you to combat it because you'll say, well, okay, I, I don't have to feel so much stress around this event. I don't have to feel so much worry. I'm feeling this fear. And you can step back and say, I, I don't have to. You can kind of release yourself of that liability of feeling that fear. And realize maybe it's not rooted in an actual problem, like feeling like, am I going to be a great mom? Am I going to have everything I need? Realize just do the best you can prepare. And that's all you can do is just take it one day at a time. I actually heard this next piece of advice at a baby shower I threw recently for my friend uh, about a month or two ago. And I overheard another girl who's already a mom. She said, the best thing I ever or the best advice I ever heard was don't buy something until you need it. Now you can't always do this. You got to be prepared before a wedding or a baby or a vacation and things like that. But for some people, there's different items that you're trying to anticipate your needs, right? Especially with a baby. And some people, a device or an item that they purchase may be the best purchase they've ever done. And this applies to really any item where it's the best thing they've ever done. And other people might buy the same thing and it sits and collects dust in their closet. So everybody is different. Everybody's needs are different. And especially with a baby, every baby's different. And so one thing that's super valuable to somebody might not be so valuable to another. And so that's there's a few items that you can tell going along the lines. Don't buy it until you need it. 
And uh, I like that principle because it's saying, hey, we're going to need this. And it's also, you can actually apply this as well to things that are going to happen in the future. For example, if you're going to have a baby, you're going to need a crib. So in that case, you can actually buy a crib and feel justified buying it now for the future. So those kind of purchases are fine. Um, however, all the little knickknack stuff that you don't know if you're going to need them, maybe you can hold off on those. And you maybe think, well, that could be useful, but I'm not so sure if that will fit into my lifestyle or things like that. You just say, well, maybe I'll just wait a little bit longer until I need that. And then also, maybe when you're creating a registry for an event, like a wedding or something like that, uh, a lot of times you can't wait until you need it. And you're thinking you're trying to, that's where it can become really stressful. You're trying to anticipate everything. Just think about your lifestyle and what items will fit in it. And don't give into the pressure of someone saying, yeah, I really, this is the best item I ever had. I totally, totally saved my life. But you know that you would never use that or it just doesn't seem to fit your lifestyle. For example, a lot of people register for wedding china and then it sits in their closet gathering dust for 30 years. So re try and register for things. Try and take the advice of other people. But also when you're trying to anticipate needs, think about how it will fit in your lifestyle. And you want to take advice because maybe something will fit in your lifestyle that you didn't anticipate. But if you don't think it's something that looks very useful to you, don't feel like you need to purchase it or register for it. And then may, that money that would have gone towards that could go towards another product that you actually do need and will actually use. So again, it's just an allocation of resources here. You have a finite amount of resources, either from money coming in from your own work, which is through, uh, through employment, you have money coming in through your job, or that people are willing to give you through their own charitable contributions towards a wedding or a birthday or whatever it is. You don't have unlimited resources. So what you're gonna do instead is say, okay, with the resources I have, I'm gonna allocate my money towards the stuff that makes more sense now. That way, you'll utilize it and not waste that cash that could be used, utilized, or uh, whatever it may be, towards something that will actually provide you with actual valuable usage. So this next tip, I don't know, it might be a little bit controversial. <laughs> I just joke, but if maybe you receive a gift that you don't anticipate using, you can still be really grateful for that. And that those resources can still help you. Like for example, if you got married and you got two crock pots, you're like, well, I just really don't need them. I would keep them because I love crockpots and I'd be like, great, I've got two now. But maybe, you know, you get duplicates of something and somebody was still really kind and thoughtful and generous to give you that. So what you could do is maybe gift it to somebody who's in need who could use that or somebody you know, even if you have another wedding coming up, you know that could help somebody else. I don't think there's anything really wrong about that because you're saying somebody was kind enough to think about me and give this to me. Maybe I can use it for something better that maybe somebody else needs that or even you can return it to the store usually. You know, a stores with wedding and baby and all these kind of gifts, they're usually pretty generous about it. And then you can use those resources that somebody gave you to purchase something else that you need. Maybe there's somebody who could use this more than me, or maybe I could return it and use it for something else. You're still appreciating that somebody gave their resources to help you. That's probably like one of the best ways I've heard it put, because whenever you hear the term regifter, I always think of that Seinfeld episode. <laughs> I'm, it has such a bad stigma, but I think if you're appreciating what somebody, the resources they spent on your behalf, and you're trying to make it the most yeah. useful, rather than a second crock pot gathering dust in your pantry no, forever. And I totally, I'm actually with you on this one, so don't worry. It's I'm with Seinfeld you on this one. Seinfeld ruined She's, it for everyone. Yeah, she, she convinced me, everyone, because I, 
I watched Seinfeld. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be a regifter. And then she explains it to me. I'm like, okay, it makes sense. We yeah. Because f- otherwise it's not being used and it's just sitting in the closet. And at that point, you're just, you're basically, the, you think it's a charity because you're like, oh, I'm keeping it because they gave it to me and I'm not giving it up. So it's like a charitable keep instead of an actual charitable gift. So you, what you could do is just take that, give it to somebody else that actually will use it, and it will actually get more, they'll be worth its value at that point. Otherwise, it's just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, I once had somebody, they got two of something for a baby shower, or I can't remember what the item was, and I was so grateful they gave it to me because it was something I really needed. And so instead of that just gathering dust in their closet and never use it, they gave it to somebody who could who was in need. And so I think it can... It's just showing appreciation for the gift and trying to make it the most useful. Okay, so the last tip is going to be listening to the opinions of others and using your brain. So always know that it it can be really helpful around these events when people are trying to give you advice. Sometimes it can feel like a lot of information, but just know that people are trying to help you through new experience using what they know. They're like, hey, I've already been through this. I know what it's like. I know what helped me, and I'm trying to help you anticipate and overcome the problems that I had. So you maybe don't have to go through the pain that I had. Maybe they struggle with, oh, I really had trouble with my baby until I tried this blanket and then it really helped them. So know that advice comes from a good place and it can be really helpful for somebody who's already been through it. And instead of just buying everything that people marketed to you, like you're gonna really want this, you can hear from actual people who've used it. I mean, that's why people love Amazon reviews because it's actual users. So an example of this is when we first found out we were having our baby, it was really overwhelming to try and go online and think, what do I need? And I actually had a friend, our neighbor Paige, reached out to me and she said, hey, do you want me to send you a list of items that I found really helpful? She has a few kids and and it was awesome. She sent me an email with what she liked why she found it useful and different tips on buying it. Like buy a nicer one of this because you want it to last a long time or you could find this second hand and it's no problem at all. It was super helpful and made the whole process less overwhelming. So taking the advice of other people can be really, really helpful. And sometimes too, maybe people give you advice that's not so useful. I think the best thing to do there is just take it with a smile and be grateful that somebody's trying to help you. And and don't feel pressure like, oh my gosh, I have to take this advice or else I'm not appreciating it. You can appreciate, take all the advice, and then just pick what works for you. Don't allow that advice to become overwhelming. Just take what it is and then apply it to your life and let the rest go. That's a good point because you're going to get overwhelmed with so many people telling you what to do. Because you'll have a million different opinions, how to raise your baby, which products you should purchase, or whatever it may be. What you need for your wedding or your vacation. Exactly. And everyone's going to have their own opinions. So it can get a little stressful sometimes. So here's the thing, though. It still could be valuable information. Kind of like the comment section on any product that you're purchasing online. That can actually be very valuable, even though you got a lot of different takes and opinions on it. And then from there, you can kind of generalize or formulate a general consensus on what you're actually looking at. So then you can make the correct purchase at that point. So for example, if you're looking for a specific item on Amazon and you see, you look at the positive comments and you look at the negative and you see, why did they give you a negative? If they're like, well, it wore out after a year. You're like, well, I don't really care because I'm just using it for this one thing. You know, then it wouldn't apply to you. So you can kind of see what people like and what they don't like or what advice they give you and think, well, actually, that is applicable to me because I'm worried about this. Or that's not really applicable to me because of X, Y, and Z. 
but you can just appreciate it, take it with a smile, and don't feel like you have to have too much pressure to, you know, to pull it all in. All right, well, thank you guys for joining us today with our conversation about fear buying. I hope that was helpful, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, Write us on social media or leave a comment on our podcast, and let us know what you think. How do you combat fear buying? How do you overcome that? And what tips have you found useful? So be sure to share them with us, and we'll share them with listeners on the show. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Homemade Ops. The information shared on our show is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be advice. Reach out to a professional for your specific situation.